Pet the Juice Podcast. Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. The Big Ten preview, Connor, right in our backyard here. We're going to jump into this like right away because, I mean, if you guys listened to the ACC episode, hopefully you did. Um, I think we ran about two hours and 15 minutes, and there was a lot of talking. I'm surprised, Connor, that your voice isn't hoarse. Yeah, this is going to be the uh, true test. I have this, then the festival this weekend. Big 12 preview might be bad. Who knows? The vo- my voice could be gone, considering how like how much talking we're going to do today, and then be at a three-day rock festival where I'm going to be screaming all day. So, yeah. Do you sing along, or you just scream to scream? Uh, either or. Okay. And then you you guys get in a pit, right? And then yes. you just beat each other up? Human body craves Why? Contact. I don't... Un- I, Human body craves I'm contact. glad you love that, and I'm glad it makes you happy. I will just never understand it. Ever. I don't ever expect you to understand it. Okay. I will... I, hey, at one point in my life, I want to go to one with you and experience it. Oh, God. You're but not ready. I know I'm not ready. <laughs> but um, I would like to do that one time and just see... If I want to see you in like your most pure environment because I've well, seen you. I, see, the problem is, is now I've gotten older, and my niece's husband can attest to this. We went to a concert in February, and it's one of our favorite bands, and uh, the lead singer said it, it's Parkway Drive for anybody that listens, Australian band, and me and my niece's husband are there. It's fucking Tuesday. Going to a rock festival or a rock concert on a Tuesday night. But uh, the lead singer, Winston, says, I want everybody to move. And I look at him, I hit Jason, and I'm just like, I'm trying to do everything I can not to move. <laughs> it, I, it, like, age is caught up to me. I'm not the same well, young guy that can get into the pits. Are you at the point where you're like, are you at the age now where you judge the other people for moshing like they don't mosh like no because no, no, see... like they don't mosh like we used to no because they still do they might okay. even go harder and i mean i see guys that are double my age but they're also pissed drunk that are in the pits so. real quick before we jump into it have you ever seen the guy or the video of like it's like a rock show and they're playing at a denny's Yes, yes, yes. Like, what the that, fuck is up, Denny's? Yes, <laughs> and then that, they just start moshing. In, in the metalcore community, like I do follow it on Twitter. That is one of the most epic videos ever. It, like just starting to pay. Dude, could Denny's. you imagine just being like some 65-year-old just trying to eat your Grand Slam? Yeah. <laughs> There's just a rock show going on in the background. But anyway, Connor, take us off here. We're going to start with your... Uh, try to keep your bias as much as you can. Uh, no, uh, absolutely not. Uh, we are starting with the Ohio State University win total sitting at consensus on all three uh, sports books at 10.5. Uh, Big 10 odds at plus 180 on Caesars to win one of the few. Only two conferences allow you to bet on divisions, this Big 10 being one of them. To win the East at plus 115 on Caesars. And just as a, another thing I want to add in there, to make the playoff at plus 105 on FanDuel. So, after losing C.J. Stroud to the NFL, how can Ryan Day get Ohio State back to the playoff? Uh, despite it continually happening to OSU, it never gets easier to replace your quarterback when they declare early for the draft, especially when that quarterback is C.J. Stroud. 
trying to fill those shoes will be either Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. Uh, McCord right now, from all the people that I trust that are at OSU practices and at the facility daily, it seems like McCord is the front runner right now. Devin Brown won't go down swinging, but kind of when Devin Brown didn't participate in the spring game, it kind of seemed like McCord took advantage of that a little bit. But also, he has the connection with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. as they played together in high school. At running back, they return all their leading rushers, including Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Dallin Hayden, and Chip Trainum. They will also give Evan Prater back, who tore his ACL in spring, could be added juice to uh, out of the backfield in the pass game. No surprise, but Ohio State has the best wide receiver room in the nation, and it might not be particularly close. Washington has That's the closest. Strong, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Marvin Harrison is the best receiver in the nation, and Emeka Buka may be the second best. Julian Fleming continues to be a solid number three when he is out there. Uh, and Xavier Johnson, who made one of the best plays in that uh, Georgia uh, playoff game, lined up as a running back and just went right down the middle of the field for a touchdown. He will continue to get work at both running back and wide receiver. Uh, the O-line has some questions as they only... Uh, return Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones. They will be asking for some inexperienced players to start, but they also did go into the portal and grabbed uh, Victor Cutler from Louisiana Monroe and Josh Simmons from San Diego State. On paper, oh, it does look like JT Tumalau is the only starter on the defensive line, but with the way Ohio State rotates their defensive line in, they do have a lot of experience, and there has been talent that has been shown by uh, Michael Hall, Ty Hamilton, and Tyleek Williams at the tackle positions. And Jack Sawyer will finally be back at his normal position at defensive end. Last year, they tried to have him in the jack role, and move him around didn't really work, so now he's going to be basically at his home position. Uh, they also did add transfer Taiwan Monroe from Ole Miss to add some depth to the DACO position. At linebacker, they return both Tommy Eichenberg and former running back Steel Chambers, who are two absolute studs, could be the best linebacking duo in the Big Ten. Watch for C.J. Hicks, a talented uh, five-star sophomore that is an Ohio kid and could has the potential to break onto the scene and play that jack position. Uh, the secondary does uh, return corner Denzel Burke, who is a very good lockdown corner at times, and safety Lathan Ransom. But again, the whole thing with the defense is they're turning players in and out, so... While they might not return a lot of starters, they do return a lot of experience, including, uh, I think this is his sixth year, Josh Proctor, who is kind of a surprise at safety to be coming back. He'll be in the rotation. Uh, they also added in the portal Davison Igbenosa from uh, Ole Miss that should be playing that other corner position. Uh, they added Lorenzo Styles. 
uh, from Notre Dame who played wide receiver against Ohio State last year. And then I don't know if he caught a touchdown, but did have a long pass against him or against us. Uh, he will be converting to corner, and he has been showing some promise there. And they also added safety Jihad Carter from Syracuse, which if you listen to the ACC preview, they had a great secondary. Jihad Carter was a big loss for them, and it's a great addition for Ohio State. Also watch out for Sony Styles, brother of Lorenzo Styles, uh, Central Ohio kid, five-star safety. He should be going into his freshman year, but graduated early and joined Ohio State, got a little bit of playing time. Absolute freak at six, I think, uh, six four. He could literally play any position on the defense, even edge, because he is that much of a freak athlete. They need to get him onto the field, and they have even started to work on a Sony Styles package to get him onto the field. So, I know I just rambled on forever. You didn't really say much. But when it this comes is your to, team. I'm going to let you have like <laughs> every single word. But when it comes to Ohio State, how are you looking this at them this season? Numbers 10 and a half, right? 10 and a half. How much juice is to the over? I have no idea. I did a terrible job. I'm assuming it's, it's pretty hefty. Be- I mean, regardless, the answer here is over. Um, look, like it's it's Ohio State, so I understand that some people may be skeptic because it's a new quarterback starting here. But look, like he the systems j- just always produces success this, at the quarterback position. Like I don't want to sound like such a homer, but this literally happens every year to Ohio State. When Justin Fields came in, there was some doubts about Ohio State. When C.J. Stroud came in. There were some doubts. Now there's some doubts on whoever the quarter. I like. I understand. I get the doubts because, like, this is a first time starter. But but here's the thing too. Like we've already, like you said, you've already seen success from like a newcomer quarterback. But you also have two really good running backs, a good offensive line, and by far the best receiving corner in the country. Like he is Kyle McCord, who's gonna be the starter. I know it's still up for grabs. But he has every he's getting everything on a silver platter. Like he has the chance because he can leave this year, right? If he yeah, wanted to. yeah. If he wanted to, he could be a one year. Would you start. be shocked at all if he just puts up monster numbers and then gets drafted in the first round next year? Because I wouldn't be. No, because like no offense, like again, not trying to sound too homer as a homer, but like it's kind of expected. Think about the last quarterbacks that have been in this system: Dwayne Haskins, first round; Justin Fields, first round. C.J. Stroud, first round. Yeah, it's there's kind a, of expected a very good chance of that happening. And now I could also see because of the quarterback class that's coming out with Caleb, Drake, Quinn, maybe I coming could, back because you don't you want to be a first round. Pick. And plus, like the NFL, like I hear it more now. They want a certain amount of starts at the quarterback position to be drafted, but like who knows? Anthony Richardson went four. Yeah, and I mean, so, Dwayne, Dwayne went where he went. Yeah, so I don't think so. There, I mean, there's four games here. There's Notre Dame, there's Penn at Notre Dame, home against Penn State, at Wisconsin, I guess you can throw in there, and then at Michigan. But to me, they're going to beat Notre Dame, Penn State, and Michigan. Hold on. They're going to beat Notre Dame, Penn State, and Wisconsin. They might lose that Michigan game, but that's still 11 wins. So I'm going over. I think it's – I'm 
pretty damn confident it's going to go Obviously, over. I'm going to be on the over. Uh, the placement of the games, though, I do like, like you did say, at Notre Dame, but the games before that, at Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky. That's enough time to get the quarterback acclimated. Then after Notre Dame, you have Maryland and at Purdue. Yeah, those are going to be like not like sleepwalk games, but that's all before Penn State. Now you do have Penn State at home, and then you're at Wisconsin the next week. So, yeah, that's a little bit tough. But then the lead up to Michigan's at, at Rutgers, Michigan State at home, Minnesota at home, and then you're at Michigan, which yeah. Obviously, that is the game that decides everything when it comes to the Big Ten, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're like a shoe-in to make the Big Ten title game or go to the college football playoff, but they're not. I don't see the two losses on the schedule. Like I'm not giant on Notre Dame. Penn State, Like if it was on the road, that could make me a little bit weary and nervous, but it's at home. Like This team's too good. They're going to win 11 games, so I have no problem with that one. All right, now we're going to go a little bit up north to the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, win total at a consensus on all three at 10.5. Big 10 odds at plus 200 on Caesars. East odds at plus 125 on FanDuel. And to make the playoff at plus 130. After coming up short the last two years in the college football playoff, how can Michigan take the next step and win a college football playoff game? Unlike last season, last offseason, we know who the starting quarterback will be as J.J. McCarthy returns. Not having to worry about the quarterback battle could help uh, McCarthy this season, not constantly having to look over his back and just knowing that no matter what happens, he is the guy. Uh, he will need to take, the step, take a step this season if Michigan wants to reach the ultimate goal of a natty. Like, I know his stats are very good. I'm not trying to knock McCarthy whatsoever, but you like there's that step that you see a quarterback take between his sophomore and junior year that if he has that jump, then I don't see a reason why Michigan can't make it to the playoff. Michigan may return the best running back room in the nation as it was quite the surprise that star running back Blake Corum chose to come back for one more year. Donovan Edwards would start for just about every school in the nation if he were to have hit the portal, but he's at Michigan and will continue to get a lot of work as the backup because Michigan loves to run the ball. Leading receiver Ronnie Bell is gone after having 889 yards last season. That leaves Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson to have to step up. They combined for... 875 yards last season. Uh, Colson Loveland will be asked to start at tight end after showing some flashes, and they did add A.J. Barner from Indiana in the portal. Obviously, Michigan loves to use their tight ends, so obviously that is a big get to get a tight end in the portal for them. The O-line returns both guards in Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter and tackle uh, Carson Barnhart. They also added Ladarius Henderson from Arizona State, Miles Hinton from Stanford, and Drake Nugent from Stanford in the portal that will obviously fill any of their holes on the offensive line. I mean, this is, like, I hate giving credit to this school, 
But the year in, year out, Michigan does produce a good offensive line. They're continually in for the Joe Moore Award. So I don't see a reason why there should be much of a drop-off at the offensive line, and we'll be able to keep J.J. McCarthy uh, upright. Uh, the defensive line returns tackle Chris Jenkins and edge uh, Jalen Harrell. Replacing Big Ten defensive lineman of the year, Mike Morris, will be a tough task for Braden McGregor. They did add edge uh, Josiah Stewart from Coastal Carolina in the portal. At linebacker, they return both Junior Colson and Michael Barrett, who are both solid. They also added Ernest Hosman from Nebraska in the portal. In the secondary, they returned star corner Will Johnson, who broke out as a freshman. Uh, Nickel Mike Sandstrill uh, and safety Rod Moore are also back. Uh, Amarian Walker will be changing from wide receiver to corner and will be starting week one across from Will Johnson. So... I mean, a little bit of question there. That's kind I mean, the transition of wide receiver to corner should be a fairly easy transition. But obviously, you have one of the best corners in the nation with Will Johnson on the other side. So he's going to get a lot of work. But I, th when it comes to Michigan, how are you looking this season? It's very, very, very similar to Ohio State. But probably even easier because of their non-con. I mean, you have e ECU, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Like, those are three easy games they're going to win. The only difference is they will be going to Penn State um, when Ohio State gets Penn State at home. But ultimately, I think it's a win. Like, I think J.J. has a good chance to be – to at the, at the end of the season, be the best quarterback in this conference. And obviously, the running back room is loaded. And there's just been some momentum that Jim Harbaugh has built in Ann Arbor that I think they're going to be – I think Ohio State and Michigan are both going to be 11-0 when they meet in November. And whoever wins is obviously going to the Big Ten Championship. The other team probably still has an outside chance, depending on how it shakes out, to get to the playoff. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that's what it could come down to. I think the Big Ten, again, has a very good opportunity to send two teams to the playoff. Now, Michigan's a little tricky, though. Like, if Michigan uh, goes 11-1 and and loses to Ohio State, they it's going to be harder for them because Ohio State's going to have wins over Wisconsin and Notre Dame as well. Yeah. So, that could be kind of dicey there. But I think that, I think they're 11-0 when they meet Ohio State. So, I'm going to go over. Yeah, uh, lean over. Not going to, like... I think last season we got it at 9.5, and, and we were like, this is a fucking easy bet. Uh, 10.5, just... Little bit worried. I do ultimately think, though, like you said, you cashed this before the Ohio State game even happens. But yeah, I lean over. All right, on to the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, win total is a consensus again, nine and a half on all three sports books. Big 10 odds sitting at plus 600 on DraftKings and FanDuel. East odds sitting at plus 500 on FanDuel. And they do have playoff odds at plus 440 at FanDuel. Uh, after a season with double-digit wins and a Rose Bowl win, but coming up short against Ohio State and Michigan again, how can they get over that hump? 
for the first time in four years, Sean Clifford won't be under center for Penn State. Now taking over will be highly rated 2022 quarterback Drew Aller. He was a five-star number four quarterback and number 32 in the nation. Last season, he went 35 for 60 for 58.3% completion, four touchdowns, zero picks. While there is a lot of hype with Aller, there still remain some questions um, from a lot of the recruiting people. I've heard that Drew Aller's like five-star rating was a little bit of projection because of the tools that he had when he was in high school. Obviously, he has a giant arm. Um, it, it's weird to say that I'm rooting for the kid, but he is from Ohio. I think it was a Medina, small town in Ohio, basically. Uh, Just not on October 21st. Exactly. Yeah. Um, while they don't return uh, much production at quarterback, they return a lot of production at running back. They return a two-headed monster with Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, who are one of the best duos in the nation, combined for 323 attempts, 1,928 yards, and 22 touchdowns. Not too far behind Michigan for the best running back room in the in the Big Ten. Uh, they lost three of their four pass catchers from last season, returning only Keandre Lambert-Smith. They went to the portal to fill some of those holes with transfers Dante Cephas from Kent State and Malik McLean from Florida State, who both should be instant impacts. The offensive line may be one of the best in the nation as they return just about all of their starters head by, headlined by future first-rounder. All right, here we go. Alumiawa Fashuna. I mean, that's how it looks to me. But while his name is hard to say, uh, there are NFL draft scouts that are drooling over this kid. Right now, projections are like top 15, battling Joe Alt for the number one tackle. Phenomenal, phenomenal tackle. Uh, the defensive line only returns two starters in tackle Hakeem Beyond or Bayman and Ed Adisa Isaac. Former transfer Chop Robinson should take the other edge spot after being a solid backup. There are some uh, questions about the other tackle spot. Also, when it comes to Penn State, it's like one of those teams that I don't doubt when they produce defensive lineman uh at linebacker they return breakout star abdul carter who had 10 and a half tackles for loss and six and a half sacks as a freshman they also have tyler elsadon and curtis jacobs back uh the secondary returns corners kaylin king and safety keaton ellis but it will be a tough task filling the holes left by joey porter jr and jair brown Corner Johnny Dixon is a senior who will need to step up. So when it comes to Penn State, how you looking, buddy? Call me crazy, but I'm going another over here. I don't. I see right now. I lean over just because I'm believe. I'm kind. It worries me because when I hear other people talk about Penn State, there are so many people that love this team because of Drew Aller. 
that just worries me so much. And it probably should, but I, at the end of the day, though, I think they're going to have a really good defense, and I'm, I know they're going to be able to run the ball. They're 100 percent going to be able to run the ball on everybody, maybe outside of Ohio State, and Michigan, and I can kind of like I don't think they win those games against Ohio State and Michigan, but even if they lose both of them, they just have to win out. And looking at the schedule, like the games where I thought they could get kind of get got were like Iowa, mm-hmm. but it's at home, and we know how hard it is to win in, at Penn State. And then all they got to do is go at Maryland and win. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Illinois. Like we're going to get to those teams too, but those are some games I guess are dicey. But the non-cons, really nothing. I mean, you have UMass, Delaware, and West Virginia. Yeah. Like that's an easier non-con than Michigan have. And if Borderline, yeah. I'm banking on, like, no matter what, I like this team. And then if Drew Aller is better than I expect, like, that's just a bonus there. Mm-hmm. I think they win 10 games. Yeah. Here. Yeah, I think, like, the number for me is, like, at the lowest, 10. Yeah. But there's obviously room that if you beat Michigan, beat Ohio State, who the fuck knows what could happen. But, like, that just the rest of that schedule, like, I'm not – overly concerned about them getting a guy i'm not gonna bet it but if i had to i would lean over yeah um i real quick what are the chances you think that they can get either one of those like well i mean we'll get to the conference championship and shit like that later but i do think the best spot for them is probably michigan at home that was like in my section i do like their game of the year um it was michigan just because that game is at penn state like, and they play kind of similar styles of football exactly. too. Yeah, like a run first kind of style. It might just come. Da- it might just come down to who the better quarterback is. Yeah, there's win totals sitting at consensus eight and a half on all three sports books. Big Ten odds at plus eight fifty on Caesars. West odds at plus one thirty on FanDuel, and they even have playoff odds at plus one thousand two hundred. Everything that we know about Wisconsin is changing. How will the first year of the transition go? Uh, With the hiring of offensive coordinator Phil Longo comes the air raid offense, which called for a change at quarterback, especially once Graham Mertz hit the portal. Enter transfer Tanner Mordecai from SMU, who has had 7,152 yards and 72 touchdowns in his two years at uh, SMU. His experience in a spread offense should make for an easy transition to the air raid. And I do think he will be in the Wisconsin record books after one season. Did you know Wisconsin has only had one quarterback to throw for over 3,000 yards do you know, in their school history. Do you have the name of the quarterback? Yes, I know the name. Do you know who the name of the quarterback is? I'm assuming it's Russell Wilson. It is. Okay. But, uh, but that is wild to hear. I think, I think it, if I, I looked it up, I'm pretty sure it's like 3,200, which uh, in the last two seasons, Mordecai has gone over that. Yeah. Step up in competition, obviously. Yeah. Uh, at running back, they return leading rusher Braylon Allen, who has been one of the best running backs in the nation the last two seasons, coming off back-to-back 1,000-yard ru- rushing seasons. 
I would love to see him get a little bit more work in the passing game. And obviously for like NFL reasons, he is a junior and can go pro. Would love to see him get more work in the passing game for NFL teams to fall in love with him. Is it that or to get him out of Wisconsin so you don't have to play him? I mean. It's a win-win. I mean, I look at the score from last season. Yeah, good point. Granted, this is a whole totally different team. Good point. And one of our own alum running it. Uh at wide receiver, they do return two starters in Ch- uh, Chiere Dike and Skylar Bell, but there will be some changes as they added four players in the portal, including Quincy Burroughs from Cincinnati and Will Pauling from Cincinnati, Bryson Green from Oklahoma State, and C.J. Williams from USC. C.J. is my favorite to be out of this former four-star I think he was like number seven wide receiver in the nation. Ohio State was in on him. Uh, looked like he was going to go to Notre Dame and then ended up deciding to go to USC and then hit the portal and went to Wisconsin. Cannot wait to see what that kid is capable of, big-bodied wide receiver. Uh, the O-line returned some experience with Jack Nelson, Nolan Rusi, T- T- Tanner uh, Bortolini, and Michael Fertini all back. They also added Joe Huber and Jake Ren- or Jake Renfro, both from Cincinnati, in the portal. Obviously, Fickle, follow mm-hmm. their guy. Uh, there will be a transition on defense, too, as they will be transitioning to a 3-3-5 led by defensive coordinator Mike Tressel, who followed uh, Fickle from Cincinnati. Uh, on the defensive line, they return ends uh, Rodis Johnson and James Thompson. They also added Darian Barney from Temple and Jeff uh, Petrowski from Michigan State in the portal. Or in the portal, uh, they return a lot of experience at linebacker. Uh, the secondary will have some growing pains as they only return corners. Ricardo. Hallman and Alexander Smith. Watch for Hunter uh, Wohler to make an impact at safety. They also added uh, Jason Martre from Boston College and Nazir Forkreen from, shout out, Grand Valley State in the portal. So, when it comes to the Wisconsin Badgers, buddy, how are you looking? All right, hear me out here. New coach, a lot of moving pieces in. Uh Mm -hmm. New quarterback. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going going over, and I think they get to 10 wins. Well, we share a brain because I'm going over too. Yeah, so we have four. So we have combined eight overs. I'm going over, and I am betting on West. Odds, yeah, 100%. Mm. It's only plus 130, not that much juice, but I'm a fickle guy. Yeah, that's that's basically the majority of this is I just – it's for one, it's the Big Ten West Mm -hmm. where you have obviously some lower competition there. Um Braylon Allen being a stud running back, and Tanner Mordecai, the like the dude can sling it. We've we've seen it for honestly maybe the most successful quarterback that they've had since Russ. Yeah, is he is he fifth year? I'm assuming. Uh, Actually, I have his stuff set. I have his stuff on here. Yeah, he's fifth year senior here. So you have a guy who's been through like hella games. I know it's a step up in competition. And, like, don't take, like, the fact that he was at SMU for anything. Like, 
I'm pretty sure he went to Oklahoma coming out of high school and transferred to SMU, something like that. He was at a Power 5 school, transferred down, and now is transferring back up. It's actually, he started playing college ball in 2018. Jesus. So this is actually one, two, three. This would be a sixth season here. I'm assuming a red shirt in 18. but Could be a grad transfer too. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely a grad transfer now. But also, like, the schedule kind of – it's like you see that Ohio State game and you chalk that up as a loss. I say I would I would bet the alternate nine and a half and just take the juice. Or you're, you're – actually, no, you would get odds at nine and a half and chalk up the Ohio State game as a loss and then assume somewhere along the way they're going to have, like, a slip up with all like the you could even pieces. assume that wa- at Wazoo game. Yeah, which I think they're all they're. I think it was like six and a half point favorites over the over Wazoo anyway. Oh god, I hate that. So yeah, I love them. I think they're going to be the Big Ten title game. Yeah, I, I trust de- Fickle. Yeah, I always will. And it's going to be super weird seeing Wisconsin Badger quarterback drop back like ninety percent of the time. It's just gonna be something different. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm assuming to your point about Braylon Allen, he's gonna be more he's gonna be shown way more in the passing game anyway. Just but I mean like think about it, if you're throwing the ball more, it's just gonna spread the defense out more and it's gonna make for more lanes for Braylon Allen. Plus he is running behind a very experienced offensive line. And no offense, like I know this is a transition from coaches but still, Wisconsin, they breed fucking offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know it's a transition, but you're like, you're just, you're upgrading fairly yeah, it's well. It's an upgrade all around. I mean, Fickle's a top seven coach in college football. Agreed? I think he's top, top seven, top 10. I think he's top five, in my opinion, but I know you're a little, you're like right in that area. I'm yeah. a little bit higher than. And then whatever. But yeah, I think, I don't think there's a chance they beat Ohio State. I love to have him at home. I think they might give him a scare. Yeah. Because he's going to have the guys ready to play. But I don't, the, the, there's still a talent gap there. So mm-hmm. I think 10 wins. I'm going definitely over eight, eight and a half, right? Uh, Yeah, eight and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely way, going way over here. Guys, uh, win total sitting at a seven and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel and an eight on Caesars. Big Ten odds sitting at plus 1,500 on DraftKings and West odds sitting at plus 270 on FanDuel. My first question will be, the offense can't be worse than last year, right? There's no way. There is zero way. Look, just like, Peters, he threw for five touchdowns. That was their that was their leading touchdown thrower there. So, five touchdowns. So to try to turn around the offense that finished 122nd or worse in every statistic, they made a change at quarterback and went to the portal to get Cade McNamara from Michigan, who has gone 267 for 423 for a completion percentage of 63.1%, 3,181 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 7 INTs in his career. McNamara will be an upgrade from Iowa's quarterbacks who went 55% for 2,037 yards, seven touchdowns, and seven INTs last season. And that's honestly shocking watching the games. Dude, remember the remember the South Dakota game? Oh, bro. Did dude. we try? I swear to God, at one point we tried to bet under like a single digit. Yeah, we did. I, or, Maybe we did. I, I don't know. I had. I had. 
It was like under nine and a half. I had uh, San Diego St- or South Dakota State at plus like twenty. By kickoff, it dropped to like ten, and then we had the under, and we just kept live betting the fucking under because that was the most disgusting game humanly fucking possible. You know what's wild about that too is like South Dakota State in Iowa. Imagine flip that to the other sport we cover. Oh god, the over oh under over. Would, would be, be in the two like, hundreds. Yeah, be something stupidly insane. <laughs> um, the lone bright spot on the offense from last season was running back Caleb Johnson, who ran for seven hundred and seventy nine yards on one hundred and fifty one carries and six touchdowns. They also returned number two Lashawn Williams at wide receiver. They returned Nico Rangani who will be back for his sixth season at tight end. They did lose leading receiver Sam Laporta, but returned number two, uh, Luke Lachey, who led the team in touchdowns last season with four. Pretty sure everyone else had single-digit touchdowns. I'm pretty sure he was the only pass catcher that had double or more than two touchdown catches. Um, and they also added... Eric all from Michigan in the portal. Little bit of like familiarity with uh, McNamara. The offensive line returns all five starters, but this will also be a unit that needs to improve after allowing 38 sacks last season. The defensive line returns three starters in tackles Noah Shannon and Logan Lee, along with and Joe Evans, but replacing the Big hole left by Lucas Van Ness will be a tough task. And as kind of a theme, at, on all three levels, they have a big hole to fill at one spot. At linebacker, that spot will be uh, 2022 Buckus winner Jack Campbell. Uh, they will be asking senior Jay Higgins to fill his, sho- fill his shoes. The secondary will have to replace Stud cornerback Riley Moss, along with Kayvon uh, Merriweather, but they do bring back stud corner Cooper DeGene and Quinn Schultz at safety. Uh, Jamar Harris returns from injury to fill the other corner spot and look for former five-star Xavier Wampa should fill in the other safety role. Absolute stud. Forever wishing that this kid would have ended up at Ohio State, but decided to stay home in Iowa. And if you watch the bowl game against Kentucky, had a pick six. And basically, well, I mean, that game was over as soon as Iowa scored one point. But when it comes to the Iowa Hawkeyes, buddy, how are you looking? Look, I know they lost Riley Moss, and I know they lost Jack Campbell. Like and two. Lucas Van Ness. Yes, but I, I think still, that was three players that all got drafted in the top three. But look, man, I still think that defense is going to be rocking. And to your point about the offense not being any – like it can't be any worse. Like Cade is definitely – like I don't think Cade's like C.J. Stroud, but he is definitely an upgrade he's de- from Petrus. He's clearly better than what they've had the last couple seasons and probably the best quarterback that they've had since maybe like Stan- Nate Stanley. That's or what Stanley, was, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Um, but also to that point though, is, is he going to allow that off at, like to give a, the quarterback a chance to kind of sling the ball around too? Iowa is the absolute weirdest school because the difference 
in the coordinators that they have. Uh, Phil Parker may be one of the best coordinators in the nation. Doesn't matter. Offense, defense, he may be one of the best. And then you have arguably one of the worst coordinators running your offense and Brian Ferentz. That, if that name sounds familiar, that's because it's Kirk's fucking son. He refuses to fire him. Well, no. The weird thing is, is like, he, uh, they did, like, if you truly read into how the Ferences got through some of the loopholes, because Iowa has a uh, thing in their, I don't know if it's like in their contract that they can't hire, or like the head football coach couldn't hire his son. So Ferentz's son was hired by the AD. But also the AD, I I think Bartha is leaving. So, he's just, I mean, this offense was so bad. It can't be stated. 122nd or worse in the nation. So, wow. I say I lean over seven and a half. This This may not hinge as much on McNamara. As Brian Ferentz. That dude should have the hottest seat in all of college football. You have a top 10 defense year in, year out with Peter, or Phil Parker. I almost called him Peter Parker. Uh, but you can't get an offense. If this offense was just top 75, dude. Yeah. They'd be a force. Mm. So, um. I lean over... But I'm not willing to bet it. I'm going over. We did definitely forget one quarterback, and that was C.J. Beathard. The year they went 12 And C.J. Beathard was before Nate Stanley, though. Was he? I believe so. Okay, either way. Nate Stanley's a lot more closer than Beathard. I think, I, I think you're right. I think you're right, too. Um, I'm going over here. I love how the two games where I expect them to lose are on the road when it comes to win total with Penn State and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I expect them to lose those games and on the road, so don't worry about them. And all the games that I think are more 50-50, like Minnesota, Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, you get them at home. Mm-hmm. So you have a better chance to win those games. I think they can win nine games, and I'm not going to rule out a scenario where this team wins like 10 to 11 games because they are in the Big Ten West, the defense will be good, and they have an upgrade at quarterback. And the, if the offense can just, like you said, be in the 70s, it doesn't have to be – USC doesn't have to be Ohio State. They no. can just play well. Maybe they can get. To, they could possibly get to ten wins. Hell, if you had even just a top fifty offense, you'd probably be like in playoff contention. Yeah, I did. I obviously don't think they would be super successful there. No, but also, but you could get there. Exactly. I mean, this was a team that I forget what I think it was. Was it? The, no, it wasn't the COVID year. Was it the COVID year when they were like number one in the nation? No, that was CJ Beathard. That's why I'm thinking of that. No, this I'm talking a lot sooner. Like I'm really? talking last like three years. I can't remember. Maybe I don't know. Iowa does that though. Yeah. Iowa randomly will win just twelve games. Though yeah, and and then you're just like, oh shit, Iowa's right here. Yep. On to the Illinois Fighting Illini win total, a consensus on all three at a six and a half. Uh, Big Ten odds sitting at plus five thousand on FanDuel. And to win the West at plus 750 on Caesars. Illinois exceeded expectations but came up short of the Big Ten Championship despite starting 7-1. How can they keep this momentum going? 
Uh, starting quarterback Tommy DeVito is gone after having a very solid season. To replace him, they went to the portal and got both. Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss and John Paddock from Ball State. Altmeyer was the backup at Ole Miss and is a former four-star. Paddock was the starter at Ball State last season and had a 59.6% completion percentage for 2,719 yards with 18 TDs and four INTs. Kind of looks like Altmeyer is going to be the person to come out ahead, but it is good to have a good consistent backup like Paddock there in case Altmeyer struggles. Uh, the biggest hole to fill on the offense and possibly the whole team is at running back with Chase Brown gone. And thankfully to the Ohio, or to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Brown had 328 carries for 1,643 yards and 10 touchdowns. They're going to need Reggie Love and Josh McCray to step up. At wide receiver, they do return speedy Isaiah Williams, who led the team in catches and yards last season. They also return big body wide receivers Pat Bryant and Casey Washington. The offensive line returns three of five starters after being a Joe Moore award-winning semifinalist. Illinois was one of the best defense in the nation, ranking in the top ten in all stats. Because of that, D.C. Ryan Walters got the Purdue job. Uh, Secondary coach Aaron Henry will be taking over, former player of Bielema, uh, and he will try to keep this Defense just as good. Luckily for him, uh, he returns six of seven starters in the front seven, including D lineman Keith Randolph and Jazar Newton, and linebackers Seth Coleman, Calvin Hart Jr., Tariq Barnes, and Gabe Juket or Jackis. The secondary is gonna need to or gonna need some work as they only return corner Tavian uh, Nichols. As a starter, there will be some growing pains as they have a lot of youth and inexperience, but they did add uh, Nicario Harper from Louisville, uh, Demetrius Hill from FIU, and Clayton Bush from Southern Illinois. So when it comes to Illinois fighting Illini, who were a hell of a surprise last season, how you looking? I will, and also just as a side piece because it always has to come up. I will still never forgive the referees for what they did to Illinois in that Indiana game. I was literally about to talk about that because of I, I was in Youngstown at my cousin's house watching that game. It was just like, what is going on? Because it wasn't even that. That call was the worst. The guy caught it twice, mm-hmm. but there was like four other calls that led up to that. Yep, that made it even worse. I'll still never live that live that down. Replacing Chase Brown is, and you're a lucky son of a bitch for getting him for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't going to be easy. Big thing for me is like, look, look okay, I'll just get my answer. I'm going over, but mm-hmm. I think I'm not rushing to bet it. I think seven wins and eight, probably the max here. It worries me that they could slip up against Toledo or FAU. Those are like two really hard, like non con games. Like for mid-major schools, especially at FAU now, when you have um, Casey Thompson there and Tom Herman there, mm-hmm. and Toledo is always good. Yeah, like every single year. And then like that at Kansas game, like I would probably like 
looking like right now we're in July 12th, I would probably lean Kansas in that game just to start. Um, but I think I think ultimately Bielema can get them the seven wins. I would lean over definitely something I'm not actually going to put any money on, though. Yeah, you did talk about the big hole to fill with Chase Brown. Or, yeah, Chase Brown. I'm almost, literally one of the players on my NFL team. and I almost You know who I get him confused with all the time with Sean Tucker? I was because gonna, of the uniforms. I thought you were going to say Chase Bryce. Okay. <laughs> but uh, either way, like, yeah, you're losing your starting quarterback, but you in Altmaier, you may have a quarterback that might have slightly more talent than him. Plus, like, the returning pass catchers. Like, that, in my opinion, is big. You have Isaiah Williams, who is just an absolute speed demon. And then you have Pat Bryan and Casey Washington on the outsides, who are, I think, each over or at 6-3. Like, the weapons they will have to throw to will benefit him a lot. And plus, like, how much they return on in the front seven. I know the secondary is going to be a bit of a work, but you have your secondary coach as the defensive coordinator. He's going to do what he can to put his secondary in the best spot. And, like, just creating havoc with that front seven might be the way that you have to go. But Eileen, I'm going to probably be betting over six and a half because I do love this Illinois team. See, that's exactly what I did. Okay, I'm saying seven and five or six and six is the most logical answers. And I'm leaning over and not going to bet it because I like Illinois and I'm rooting for their success. Mm -hmm. So we're basically here on the same page. On to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, This is one of the crazier win totals that you could have fun with if you're like me and want a middle. The win total is sitting at 6.5 on DraftKings, 7 on Caesars, and a a 7.5 on FanDuel. Gives you a good opportunity if you think they're going to be seven and five. Gives you an opportunity for a middle. Either way, it could give you a win. Uh, Big Ten odds sitting at plus four thousand on DraftKings and FanDuel. West odds sitting at plus five hundred on FanDuel and Caesars. Uh, so when it comes to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, kind of like Wisconsin, everything about their identity is going to be. Uh, transitioning and they're trying to adapt to the players that they have uh on roster so how will this transition go uh at quarterback tanner morgan is finally gone after what feels like 15 fucking years i could not even seven years seven years of stats i think he had well i have no recollection who the previous quarterback was i don't know i if you're like minnesota you said 2013 who's the quarterback minnesota i was said tanner morgan who was the quarterback for Minnesota in 2010? Tanner Morgan. Yeah, that's that would, be my, <laughs> that would literally be my answer. Uh, to take over at quarterback will be Ethan Kalamakanis, who uh, has a stronger arm than Morgan. A lot of people in the Minnesota uh, facilities believe, but uh, he is not afraid to use his legs like Morgan. Uh, Ethan was obviously starting a little bit. Uh, for them last season, but was kind of just thrown in there. I'm not going to take any of the stats he had, like for like what the future could be. He has a whole off season now to uh, be the guy. So I think with his strong arm, there's gonna like you're gonna see as I talk, like there's gonna be part of a transi- transition. 
Part of the reason for that transition is because Minnesota's top three running backs are all gone, including all-time leading rusher Mohamed Ibrahim. Uh, to get some immediate experience, they got Sean Tyler from Western Michigan in the portal. So a little bit of questions at the running back position. Uh, Minnesota will have the benefit of having a lot of experience at wide receiver as they return starters Daniel Jackson and Chris Autumn Bell. And they added Corey Cromes from Western Michigan and Elijah Spencer from Charlotte in the portal. And they also have back All-American 6'7 tight end Brevin Spain, or Brevin Spain Ford. Uh, the offensive line will need some work as they only return two starters. But it's Minnesota. They breed offensive linemen. Uh, once again, Miss Minnesota was one of the best defenses in the nation. But they must replace, or fill ho- some holes on all three levels. The defensive line only returns tackle Kyler Baugh. This is a unit that will also need to be better at getting the quarterback after finishing 118th in sacks last season. Just the crazy thing up to me about that Minnesota offense is, like I just said it, they were 118th in sacks in the nation, yet they still had one of the best defenses in the nation. They just couldn't get after the quarterback. Uh, they did add edge Chris Collins from UNC in the portal. At linebacker, they return uh, Cody Lindenberg and added Ryan Segel from Western Michigan, the third Western Michigan player that he got out of the portal. Um, the secondary only returns two of its five starters and corner Justin Whaley and safety Tyler Nubuinu, uh, who is a, or Nubbin, who is a stud. They also. They also added several transfers, including Jack Henderson from Southern Louisiana, Rowan Zolman from Miami of Ohio, Travion Jones from Elon, uh, Craig McDonald from Auburn, and Tyler Bride from Georgia Southern. A lot of transfers in the secondary. So when it comes to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, I mean, you have so many damn options with this win total. What are you doing? I'm going, dude. I, I do the middle. Do the middle. I like the idea of that, and I know it's perfect for you. But I think this team wins six games. I broke the schedule down a little bit, and I got to four automatic wins and two automatic losses, with five games remaining here, and that is North Carolina, Michigan State, Illinois, Purdue, and. Probably um, Nebraska week one. In Nebraska week one, yes, that's the other one. And they have to win three out of those five games there. And replacing Tanner Morgan is a lot. Been there, like we said, 15 years. But, like, Mo Ibrahim is definitely the – that's the one that kind of carried the offense and was always the – Especially when Morgan went down and they had to throw Ethan in there. Like, you did see a lot more running work. And if Ethan steps up and he is better than Morgan, maybe there's a chance, but there's a lot to replace on that defense too. So I think six wins is how they're going to kind of fare out this year. I I would definitely take the under. I know uh, what you're doing. Middle. Middle. I'm going to try it. Fuck it. Either way, I'm going to come out with a win, but why not have some fucking fun? Yeah, because, I, I mean, you're going to be right around that number, like seven, six, five. 
Mm-hmm. And I seven and a half seems and plus, weird. Plus, like I still like this Minnesota team. Like the, the fact that they're gonna be throwing the ball around more, like kind of makes me like them a little bit more. Like this is gonna be a different offense than what we're used to seeing from Minnesota. Yeah, and you also know I that I think you're gonna catch some people by surprise. They definitely could because they're definitely not gonna be like Minnesota has been the last couple of years have been like the sneaky like dark horse team that everybody likes. Run behind a great offensive yeah. line. Um, and you know, Fleck is always going to have the team like up and ready to play. It is kind of surprising that he has so many Westford or Western Michigan transfers. He's been gone for six years and he's still getting guys to come. I, I, I didn't look it up and I thought about the same thing, but these could be grad transfers that use a COVID year or super seniors, whatever it could be. These could be, have been guys that he, for all I know, I don't really keep up with Western Michigan football. Mm-hmm. But maybe the assistant coach took over after him. I honestly don't even know. Uh, I can't remember who the so, was. Because a kid, the only reason I really know a t- decent amount about Western Michigan is a kid from my high school who's a year younger than me played there. Yep. And that's kind of. You guys just put long snappers. Buckeye first. Valley is a long snapper pipeline to, to Division to Division One. I've had three Division One long snappers in the last, God, I want to say five years, but I'm 28. I yeah, graduated 10 years ago. You're old. So last 10 years through long snappers, I think that's pretty good. Oscars. Win total sitting at six on DraftKings and Caesars, six and a half on FanDuel. Big 10 odds sitting at plus 6,000. West odds sitting at plus 1,400. Last year was a disaster and ultimately got Scott Frost fired. Now Matt Rule is in and will try to turn around Nebraska like he did Temple and Baylor. I will go. Uh, Casey Thompson hit the portal after an up and down season, and they got their answer at quarterback in the portal with dual threat Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech, who went 110 for 188, a completion percentage of 58.5 for 1,115 yards, five touchdowns, and three INTs. Kind of dealt with some injuries last season, but has also been, I think, three year starter at Georgia Tech. Stupid of me not to put down his career odds or career stats and not last season's. Uh, he also rushed 87 times for 302 yards and one touchdown. Uh, gives them like a new, like dynamic look at quarterback. Obviously, Casey can use his legs, but not the kind of athlete that Jeff Sims is. Maybe a better po- pocket passer, but the ability to use his legs will benefit Jeff Sims a lot. At running back, they return uh, their top four rushers, including leading rusher Anthony Grant, who ran 218 times for 915 yards and six touchdowns last season. Also watch for them to use a fullback. Nebraska Nebraska should always have a fullback, no matter what. Exactly. Uh, At wide receiver, they did lose... Trey Palmer, who had over a thousand yards last season, leaving number two wide receiver Marcus Washington, who had 471 yards. Uh, they did add Josh Flex from Baylor and Billy Kemp from Virginia. Also, watch out for freshman Malachi Coleman, four-star uh, number eleven wide receiver, wide receiver number sixty-three in the nation. From the state of Nebraska, and I'm pretty sure he's literally from Lincoln. So, big-bodied six-four wide receiver, freshman, 
what more could you ask? He could be fun players. Just screams Nebraska, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the O-line returns several starters, and they did add transfers that could be immediate starters. Under new defensive coordinator Tony White, the theme is to create chaos. It's going to be a bit tough when you only return tackle Ty Robinson and some inexperience on the defensive line, but they did try to add some transfers. At linebacker, Luke uh, Reimer and Nick Henrik are back as starters. Look for transfers Chief Borders from Florida and MJ Sherman from Georgia to add some juice to uh, the pass rushing group. Uh, the backbone of the defense may be the secondary as they return all the starters and they should make a jump after finishing 67th in the nation against the pass last season. I mean, when you return all the starters and you finish 67th, you should probably end up finishing in the top 50. Depends on how much the edge rushers are going to be able to get out after the quarterback. Like I said, there is some inexperience on the defensive line. But when it comes to the Nebraska Cornhuskers, how you looking, buddy? Tell me why I should love Jeff Sims. Because I like Jeff Sims. I actually like him a lot. And the numbers just like don't back it up. But every time I watched Georgia Tech last year, I was like, this guy's not like not bad. It just seems like he's I, in the worst situation. I just feel like Jeff Sims' pro- problem was like product of what was around him. Like, there's not much talent. He was supposed to be the quarterback that was going to break them away from the triple option. And, it, 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 like, I mean, obviously at Georgia Tech, you did have some coaching issues. Yeah. So, like, I kind of chalk it up to that. And but you like, liked him when you watched him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. He's a great, he's a great running, or he's a great dual threat quarterback. But I lean under six and a half. Yeah, see, so I I thought you said the number was six. I've done six, six. When they have it at six and six and a half, because I'm leaning the under, that's why I'm taking the six and a half. I think it's six wins. That's that's exa- We think too much alike. This, mm-hmm. There's no disparity on this show. No. Nope. Yeah, I think six is the number. I do think Nebraska goes to a bowl game. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. trust in Matt Rule. I think Jeff Sims is going to be a very good quarterback in the Big Ten. With the actual, like, decent players around him, an actual good offensive mind that can put him in positions to, like, actually succeed and use his talents to his advantage, mm-hmm. unlike at Georgia Tech. And the schedule, they're in the Big Ten West again. So, mm-hmm. like, there's – every game's basically winnable. The bit, My biggest worry is there is kind of an issue with quarterback depth after Sims, and he has – kind of had some injuries in his career so if he goes down could be a big drop off yeah i i will say this is something i'm not rushing to bet no would it shock you if they get the seven wins like no pressure on nebraska it's a first year head coach matt rules obviously had success everywhere he goes so i wouldn't shock me but i'm gonna like slightly 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 lean under New Boilermakers win total sitting at a five at Caesars and a five and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, Big Ten odds sitting at plus one or plus twelve thousand five hundred on Caesars. West odds sitting at plus two thousand five hundred. Jeff Brom is gone after a successful tenure as head coach. 
Now enters first-time head coach Ryan Water or Ryan Waters. Can they still be the Purdue spoiler makers? Like that was one of the greatest things of the Brett Jeff Brom uh, tenure was the spoiler makers. Um, Aiden O'Connell is gone after a great career. Now enters Hudson Card from Texas who has a 65% completion percentage for 1,523 yards with 11 touchdowns and two INTs in his career. Ben was at Texas for uh, three seasons, and he will be a great fit for new offensive coordinator Graham Harrell's air raid system. Uh, leading rusher Devin uh, Makobe is back after rushing for one or 968 yards and nine touchdowns and added 32 catches for 274 yards in the past game. Also watch for a uh, former wide receiver Tyron trace to get more carries as a wider or as a running back. He kind of made the conversion and did, made some moves last season, but watch for him to get more this season. Uh, replacing Charlie Jones will be a tough task after he got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> this is like it. you're just winning the Big Dude, Ten. That's draft. why I was so excited for the Big Ten. I can't tell you how excited I can't I am to watch Charlie Jones with the Bengals. But last season caught 110 passes for 13 or 1361 yards and 12 touchdowns. They also lost number 2 pass catcher Tight end Payne Durham, leaving T.J. Sheffield and Mershon Rice as the top two returning receivers who had 763 yards combined last season. Obviously, a lot of their offense was Charlie Jones. Just is what it is, and now he's a Cincinnati Bengal. Thank you. Uh, The offensive line returns four of five starters and should be able to protect Hudson Card very well. The defense will need some work as they only return four starters while also trying to learn a whole new system. The front seven returns linebackers OC Brothers and Kydron Jenkins off the edge. Watch for uh, Nick Carraway to make an impact after showing flashes as a freshman. Uh, The secondary only returns safety Sanosi Kane and Cam Allen. Salim Turner Muhammad from Stanford looks to be filling one of the corner spots after transferring in. So when it comes to the Purdue Boilermakers, how you looking, buddy? What's the best number I can get again? Five and a half? Uh, it, are you doing over or under? I just want the, like the highest number, yeah. Five and a half. Oh, God. I, I, five I, and a half and five. I want to say over, but the shitty thing is like they draw Ohio State and Michigan. From the East. Counter to that. Fresno State at Virginia Tech. Okay, maybe 50-50, but I kind of lean Purdue against Syracuse. Are we guaranteeing? Northwestern. Indiana. Indiana. Are we guaranteeing Fresno State and Virginia Tech? Fresno State doesn't have a, god damn it, what's the cover? Oh, God. Jake Hayner anymore. Jake Hayner's gone. Yeah, I know so that. So Fresno State could have a little bit of a drop But it's a coach that's been there for, I think, 10-plus years. Blah, and blah, this blah, is a new blah, coach blah, here. Blah, this blah, is week blah, one. Blah, blah, blah. My slight lean, I think they win five games. So I'm going to go under. I lean over five. 
and I'm just getting the push with. I think I think there is a good chance that Purdue goes bowling or goes bowling. Well, they'd have to if you're taking the five and a half. I know exactly. So that's why I'm saying I think <laughs> okay. there's a good chance to go. That's why I lean over. Like I still like this Purdue team. They're not changing anything offensively. They're still gonna sling it out like they do, and they have a great running back who can add some juice in a new system. Obviously, like there is gonna be some worry about the defense, but I think that this offense has enough to carry them. You also Plus, gotta... w- think about what Walters or Waters did to that Illinois defense. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like, is the talent like that much of a drop off that in recruiting from Illinois to Purdue? No, Maybe slightly, but. Still kind of there. You're still getting the Midwest motherfucker. I will say, again, this is something I'm not rushing to bet. Exactly. And Hudson Card, like, I liked him a lot at Texas. I was so surprised that Purdue was the landing spot. Because, I mean, as soon as he entered the portal, obviously they got bigger fish. But there was links to Notre Dame. Obviously, Mm. Notre Dame goes all in with Sam Hartman, but... Well, even think about this, though, too. Like, Hudson Card... If you're reading the tea leaves, like the coaching staff at Texas wanted him to start over Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. And it was basically the boosters that made Quinn Ewers actually end up being the starter. So Supposedly. Air, yeah, air, yeah, marks, is, air marks around This that. is conspiracy Cody here. <laughs> but like but he could be really, 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 really good. Yeah, I think I mean, even in like the mop up duty, like he still, after Quinn got hurt, still had a very good opportunity. To beat Alabama last season. And he even, in that game, battled through his own injuries. Like, he could not, he was not as mobile in that Alabama game because he got dinged up. Yeah. So, I think there's a good chance that Hudson Card it has a great season for them. And plus, like, he's only been in, at, in school for three years. So, it's not all about this season. It could be building. Yeah. So... I, I again, I'm gonna stay at the five wins here, but would it shock me if they just like spoil somebody's like really good season like they always do? Exactly. Probably not. Switching over to the Maryland Terrapins, win total sitting at seven on DraftKings and Caesars, and a seven and a half on FanDuel. Big Ten odds sitting at plus ten thousand. East odds sitting at plus six thousand. Remind you, this is the fourth best odds to win the East. Mm. Uh, coming off their best season in 13 years, how can Mike Loxley keep the momentum going? Uh, Talia Tagovailoa being back for another season will definitely help keep the momentum going as he looks to continue to rewrite the Maryland record books. Leading rusher Roman Herbie is or Hemby is back after breaking out as a freshman and rushing for 989 yards and 10 touchdowns on a 5.3 yard per carry average. He ranked third amongst freshmen in all of FBS with 1,287 scrimmage yards. Absolute stud. Uh, On paper, they did lose three of their top six pass catchers, but they do return number one and number two wide receiver Deshaun Jones and tight end Corey Dykes. They also added Tyrese Chambers from FIU and Caden Prater 
or Prather from West Virginia in the portal. The one thing that could potentially derail the offense is that they only return one starter in left tackle, Delmar Glaze, despite the fact that Glaze will probably be, a, I want to say super high, but will be playing on Sundays at some point. But they did add four tramp transfers, and they have two easier games to start to kind of get that continuity going. Uh, the defensive line... Uh, will be completely different as transfers Donnell, pa- uh, Donnell Brown from shout out St. Francis PA and Jordan Phillips from Tennessee will be instant starters at linebacker. They return both starters. Uh, the secondary returns three of five starters and they added Jaquan Shepard from Cincinnati uh, to be an instant starter and Avante Williams from Miami for some safety depth. So, when it comes to the Maryland Terrapins, how you looking, buddy? Dude, it, like, we just talked about this. Like, the fact that they play in the Big Ten um, East is just so... Because you automatically... So shitty. You automatically chop... Like, if there is one team that benefits the most from the divisions going away in the Big Ten, it is Maryland because you're constantly in the shadow of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Basically, every season, you could chalk those up as damn near auto losses. If they were in the West, dude, there would be, like, Maryland would have been in the Big Ten Championship multiple times, in my opinion. Not to mention, like, before Mel Tucker got there, too, like Michigan State, too. Mm -hmm. You have to play against them every year. Yeah. I'm going to go over here just because I love love Maryland. I think, like, Talia is one of the better quarterbacks in this conference. Um, as long as he gets protection here, and the fact that they, I think, should win four of their next their first five games, and I'm not going to count them out at Michigan State either. They could easily be five and zero to start the season. Yeah, I thought like I almost when I was doing this breakdown, I almost texted you and said there is a very good chance that when uh, Ohio State Maryland play each other, they're both undefeated. And. Let's say they even drop. Let's say they drop one of those games here. Uh, they drop the Michigan State game. They still have Northwestern. You still have Northwestern, and to end the season, you are at Rutgers. Yeah, like we love Rutgers, but more times. I think this is a typical Maryland season. They're seven and six, or seven and six. I guess would be the bowl game. They're seven and five, six and six, and they go bowling here. So I'm going over. I'm going over too. This will be something that I bet. I just think that there's a chance that they could catch somebody, and like I think that they. The auto wins Townsend, Charlotte, Virginia, Indiana, Northwestern, and Rutgers. You're sitting at six right there, and you have a toss-up game with Michigan State, Illinois, and Nebraska. I think they could easily win one or two of those games. And maybe I only push, but I think they go over. I think this is an 8-4 and four team. And the spot I think they could catch somebody too is that home game against Penn State too. If you want to talk about like catch somebody like a big boy, I mean you do you do have the benefit that two of those big matchups, Penn State and Michigan, you have at home. Granted, yeah. you're at Ohio State, but you I probably mean, weren't going to win that game anyway. It, but it, like Maryland just keeps building and just cannot get over that home. Maybe this is the season. Yep. On to the Michigan State Spartans. Win total sitting at four and a half on Caesars, five and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel. 
another chance for a middle if you like them just to get five wins. Uh, Big Ten sitting at plus 12,000 on DraftKings and FanDuel. East odds sitting at plus 9,500. That's crazy how big that gap is between Maryland and Michigan State. Uh, Last season was a real crash down to earth moment and caused a lot of questions. How do they get back? Last season, starter Peyton Thorne surprisingly hit the portal in late April after an off-season quarterback battle with former three-star Noah Kim. Uh, the starting job is now Kim's after going 14 for 19 with a completion percentage of 73.7%, 174 yards, and three touchdowns in mop-up duty as a true freshman. Um, yeah, I... I I don't know what to expect. Obviously, with Thorne leaving, it kind of put it that, like, it makes it seem like Michigan State kind of told him, like, hey, it's going to be Kim. And he hits the portal and goes to Auburn. Don't really know what much to expect. Uh, Leading rusher Jalen Berger is back after rushing for 683 yards and six touchdowns. They also added Jaron Mangham from USF and Nathan Carter from UConn in the portal for added depth. Wide receiver took a hard hit when Keon Coleman entered the portal late after already losing uh, Jaden Reed. Uh, They were wide receiver number one and number two, combining for 1,434 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, Trey Mosley returns after only going for 359 yards, so a lot of questions at wide receiver. Potentially watch for, out for uh, Antonio Gates Jr. Um, I wonder whose dad is. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, as a as a true freshman to potentially make a name for himself in that wide receiver room. Uh, the O-line returns several starters from a unit that only allowed 18 sacks last season. Got back to having a good offensive line like Michigan State's had over the years. Uh, The defense was hurt by injuries from the first game on, causing a lot of players to be thrust into games to try to prevent that from happening this uh, season. They added transfers on all three levels, including four on the defensive line. Uh, The strength of the defense will be linebacker led by Cal Halliday and Jacoby Windman. And so, buddy, when it comes to the Michigan State Spartans, I know they have been the butt of a lot of our jokes talking about Mel Tucker's contract and how you looked after last season. Well, I'm just going to continue to pile on those jokes here. I'm going to take the under here. I don't. The under five and a half. Yeah, I look at the schedule here, and I think they should start up 2 0, but they're probably going to lose their next two games, next three games. And really, there's no other like, hey, this chalk this up as a win, count it to the win total. And the fact that, obviously stated before on this podcast, we are not the biggest Mel Tucker fans. And the fact that your quarterback and your star receiver just left like late in the transfer portal period kind of tells me the locker room isn't great. I don't think the roster's really overall talented. Like, I think five wins here again sounds about right to me. I would lean under here. Yeah, I lean under five and a half. Just like 
obviously Michigan State is getting into the trend of hitting the portal. They've done it the last two seasons, well, three seasons under Mel Tucker. And, yeah, you had a huge hit year one, but then last year was kind of a dud. So kind of has me having some concerns, especially with the, with kind of an unknown at quarterback. Yeah, an and, unknown at quarterback and the fact that I could throw in their defense. That's the big thing. Is like the secondary in his tenure there has just always been bad. Even the year they went like eleven and two, something like that. They oh the Ohio State game where we were up forty five to nothing at halftime. Yeah, like anybody get their secondary was terrible. Grant did have a little bit of improvement last season, finishing eighty six, but still, like when you look at the Ohio State game from last season, forty nine twenty. You're a Big Ten school. You shouldn't be in the eighties if you're gonna play. If you're going to contend in the Big Ten East, like you have to be better than 80 in the secondary. Yeah, so, so. Not, too, not too much of a bright future for Michigan State, in our opinion. And now to, um, well, <laughs> Northwestern Wildcats. We couldn't have picked a better time to record this episode. Win total sitting at a 3.5 on DraftKings FanDuel. Uh, I tried to look on Caesars to see if it dropped, and I couldn't even find the odds, so... Look on DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, Big Ten odds sitting at plus 30,000 on FanDuel. And the West odds sitting at plus 10,000. Oh, (laughs) shit. (laughs) Glad I waited till after Fitzgerald was fired to do this. Um, So when we do this, when I go through and talk about this team, take it with a grain of salt. So I'm just... I'm going to rip through my thing, and then we can talk about everything after. Not to mention, even before the Fitzgerald firing, they are also coming off an 11-game losing streak. Yeah. So, not great. A a season where they did not win in the United States. Yes. (laughs) As weird as that is to say. So, like I said, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, Brendan Sullivan looks to be the starter after having a 74% completion percentage. For 589 yards and four touchdowns and three INTs and rushing for 97 yards and one touchdown. Like, I know that doesn't seem like that much, but he was kind of like thrown in near the end of the season. Uh, Leading rusher Evan Hull is gone, but they do get back uh, Cam Porter from a torn ACL who was looking solid in that Nebraska game week one. Uh, top three pra- uh, pass catchers, one of them being whole, are all gone. Bryce Kurtz uh, is the leading receiver or leading returning receiver with 212 odd or yards. Uh, it's hard for Northwestern to get transfers in, but they did add uh, transfer Cam Johnson from Arizona State and AJ Henning from Michigan in the portal to that wide receiver room. Uh, the O-line has a lot of concerns as they only return one starter. Uh, the de- the defensive line also only returns and Sean McLaughlin, but they do have two experienced starters at linebacker in Xander Mueller and Bryce Gallagher. While the secondary only returns two starters in Rod Hurd and Jeremiah Lewis, it does return experienced players on a unit that did finish 13th in the nation against pass against the pass. So now that the breakthroughs breakdowns done, obviously you and I 
kind of on the hot seat for doing our guy talk episodes and Huggy Bear and now Pat both gone. So, I mean, obviously, like when your school is in the limelight like they were, kind of expect something like this. I thought from everything that it seemed, though, it seemed like they were trying to stick through him, but then... I do believe ultimately the president came down and said he's done. But. Yeah, I think early 2000s you could kind of get away with this stuff, but just in the way the culture is in America, like that's with hazing and bullying. You can't. Being, yeah, you can't. And I'm not gonna. Everything's alleged, so I'm not gonna choose either side. Like this is players stating things, and there's other players saying that things aren't true. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna. There's no reason for us as a gambling podcast to dive into that and say who's right or who's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough. You have a new coach, and they're, what, 40-some-odd days before the season starts? Yep, we are, I think, six Sundays away. Yeah. Or and six Saturdays away. When it comes to the win total, I didn't have high expectations for him anyway. No, no. See, I'm going under. Yeah. Here, I think they can, they can beat UTEP, I'd hope so, and Howard. But there's not another game on the schedule where I can just say that's a win. The only other one that may be like possibly 50-50 is at Rutgers. And it's at Rutgers. Exactly. Maybe it's like, hey. And it's also week one. Every Yeah. Everybody's doubting us. We have our names are all over the papers. Like we're going to go out and win for this assistant coach or something like that. And maybe they can pull something off there. But even after that, you still need one more win. Yep. And at this point with the roster and everything going on, is like UTEP a guaranteed win? Probably not. Mm-mm. No. I will say, in Northwestern's defense... This is a team that last season did lose to Southern Illinois. Yeah. I will say, in Northwestern's defense, they were the worst team in college football in the turnover margin. So maybe if you believe in turnover luck and it switches another way, they can squeak out a couple or, wins, but I'm... Or could it just been turnovers because you were just that bad? That's more than likely what I'm thinking, too. I would actually bet this one. I would take the under. Yeah, The under uh, is juice hard. I think on uh, DraftKings, it was like minus 165, but that's still, I, to me, that's free money. Yeah. I would take the under here. All right. On to one of our favorite darlings, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Our favorite darlings, they won. They were 4-8 and eight last year. But we rode. I will ride them until I die. Win total, chance for another middle, three and a half on FanDuel, four on Caesars, and a four and a half on DraftKings. Big 10 odds sitting at plus 30,000 if you want to feel something, I guess. Uh, East, I, don't, I don't know what you're feeling at I don't point, know but... either. Uh, plus, or East odds at plus 12,500. Uh, Rutgers, uh is looking to get back to a bowl game, and how can we do it? How can we get them to a bowl game this season? It's going to be tough, but... The offense last season was flat-out bad, ranking near the bottom in every category. Most of it was caused by inconsistency or inconsistent QB play as they would change quarterback by game and sometimes by drive. Gavin Wimstad looks to be the starter this season, but we also kind of said that last season, even though they had Bedroll and Simon. But I think they're, I think he can potentially take this and run away with it. 
Uh, they do return number one and number two rushers, Kyle Minagi and Samuel Brown. They basically lost all production at wide receiver besides uh, Chris Long, who had 200 yards. So they hit the portal and got Nazim Brantley from shout-out Western Illinois and Jacor Jackson from shout-out California, PA. See, I don't even know that school, and that's... I think they're D2. Yeah, that's not Division One. That's actually in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. The University of California, Pennsylvania. Yeah. The only reason I know that is we had a temp at our job that went there. That's the oh, only okay. reason I know that. Uh, the O-line only returns two starters, both on the left side. Uh, the strength of the team will be the front six as they return all but one starters on the defense. Uh, the secondary will need some work as they only return corner Max Melton and safety Desmond Igmanosa. Uh, look for transfer Michael Flip Dixon to be the other safety. But, buddy, when it comes to our Scarlet Knights, how you looking? I don't want to be biased because of their team, but I'm going to take the over here. And I'm with you. I think Wimstat can play up to his like rating out of high school. He battled through a lot of injuries last year. A full season with him healthy, hopefully. He can make some improvements on it. And, I mean, look at the schedule here. I think it's a win. Week one against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. They beat Temple. Uh-huh. I mean, we saw what they did last year to Temple. 66-7. Yeah. And they no, should no, be able no, to beat. No, 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 That was Wagner. They only beat Temple by four or by two. Oh, it was the year before then. Yeah, that was the, the year, year before. Was an utter beatdown. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna hope it's twenty twenty one. They beat Wagner, like I just said, six six to seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's one more. And you have you still have VT so. at home, Michigan mm-hmm. State at home, at Indiana. You can't tell me they're gonna win one of those games. Yeah. It does suck. Their draw from the West was literally Iowa and Wisconsin. Probably yeah. the best two teams from the West. Yeah, that is very unfortunate. But, I mean, I'm with you. Over I, over the three and a half. Like, I'm guaranteeing three wins. I I mean... I, I have those three games. I mean, it, it, depending on how much that four and a half is juiced, Spring. maybe... And, man, that, that team, I know they're not talented, but they play fucking hard. They and they give teams fits. It's just kind of what they do. I mean, do. They, they are kind of the carbon copy of Iowa. Bad offense. Defense isn't to the level. Yeah. They're a lesser defense, but still, like, I think they have the chance to get at least four wins. Yeah, 1,000%. We will be talking about the Indiana Hoosiers. Win total sitting at a 3.5 on DraftKings and FanDuel. Caesars has it at a four. Big Ten odds sitting at a whopping plus 50,000 on DraftKings. East odds sitting at plus 15,000 on Caesars. Uh, the first thing I will say about Indiana is 22 transfers in. Very worrisome. Uh, there's currently a QB battle between former four-star transfer Tavian Jackson from Tennessee or redshirt freshman Brendan Sorsby. Jackson may be the winner, but honestly, no one really knows. It's a close battle. Probably will come down to who the starter is week one when 
they go out for the first snap. Leading rusher Sean Shivers is gone, but they do return a pretty good duo in Josh Henderson and Jalen Lucas. They did also add Christian Turner from Wake Forest. Great depth at running back, probably the lone bright spot on this defense or on this offense. Leading wide receiver Cam Capers is back, but that's really it. They also added two transfers to the wide receiver room. The O line returns three of four or three of five starters, and they added several transfers. The defense will be completely new as they will be there will be question marks all over as they only returned two starters and added 14 transfers to this side of the ball. When you talk about that many transfers that you are looking to be immediate starters, I get very concerned. I know there are the teams that do it as as they're like bread and butter. You talk about Old Miss, you talk about Michigan State, you look at what Colorado's trying to do. Those guys are getting a lot better caliber transfers, in my opinion. So when you're talking about Indiana, what are you looking at, buddy? Did you have to go under here? I mean, they could, they should be able to beat Indiana State and Akron, but after that, like, there's a, not another game on the schedule they're favored in, outside of Rutgers, which that's at Rutgers. No, it's at home. Oh, it's at home. I'm sorry. I lean that. towards Rutgers in that game too, but the, they would have to upset somebody, and I just don't know who that is on the schedule. They draw Wisconsin from the West, and they get Purdue, and it's at Purdue. So mm-hmm. I'm chalking that up as a loss. I don't see, unless these transfers just come in and do what not a lot of teams can do in football. We see it all the time in basketball. Like a, a team full of transfers can flip it. Football, yeah, it doesn't work asking, that way. You're asking five players. You're asking. 11 players and especially a team that's getting their transfer from the, like mid like a uh, group of five teams and guys that have power never played five, at power, power five, five schools. like cast off sort of yeah i just i don't see it i know tom allen's probably coaching for his job but i, I don't see four wins here whatsoever all right now to end it we will talk about our big 10 questions all right we're gonna rattle off our top seven quarterbacks at number one, who is your number one quarterback in the Big Ten, buddy? I have Tulia. Same. Yeah, yep, I think that's that should be consensus. Number two could be close. At number two, I do have J.J. McCarthy. Same here. This was a last-minute flip because I was like, dude, Tulia's been doing it for so long, man. And I just think that J.J.'s had so doing, much around him. He's doing more with less. Yes, 100%. On could Not be a only... little bit more of the system because like Michigan's trying to be that balanced while also have balance but trying to also be the power run team. But yeah, JJ Talia JJ, you could honestly make the case for JJ number one based on talent. But who do you have at number three? Dude, screw it. I have Kyle McCord. Really? Like I, I'm projecting this to be the end of the season, and he okay, has. I go, I go a little bit different. I do Kurt, like as is right now. Even after that, he's still a five star. Yeah. Like, and he is in the best situation between them. It's basically him and you, uh, him and Caleb Williams, like in college football. Like, just a perfect system. It's quarterback friendly. I guess you get the Tennessee in there too. But I know he's going to be successful. And like we've alluded to, and everybody knows, 
Marvin Harrison Jr., the best wide receiver in college football, was his high school teammate. They already have the chemistry there. So screw it. I'll put him in three. I don't care. All right. We'll get to him later on my board. Uh, number three, I have Tanner Mordecai. I have Obviously, Tanner four. I, I think I'm expecting big things from him this season, especially with like all the transition that Wisconsin's going through. Yeah, and with an, an OC that's just proven that he can have quarterbacks shine to. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a step up in competition, but the players around him are also going to be better. So he's my four. All right, so at four, I have Hudson Card. Okay. Honestly, this is just like also a little bit of product of system that he fits in. Plus, like he was very good at Texas. I have him at five, so <laughs> we're kind of following the track, but a little bit different here. All right, at five, I have Cade. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, you, let me guess, he's six. No, but he's close. Uh, I said uh, good. But yeah, I have Cade on there just because, like, after that. You have a lot like of question marks. We already know what Kate is. He's a solid quarterback. He deserves to be on this list. Yeah, as long as uh, Ference's son does not bring him down at all, like I, I know he's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, a guy that I'm not expecting to be on your list, but for my six, I have Jeff Sims. Hmm. I think he, I getting out of Georgia Tech system and away from that coaching staff should only be good. I've every time I watch him, I just feel like this guy is being like held back from something, and he's still with the players around him in that Georgia Tech system. Still amazed me, and I thought I'm like this guy's not bad. It just I it was one of those guys where you watch me just like kind of feel bad for. Mm-hmm. And I think with Matt Rule, who did wonders with quarterbacks at Baylor, who are not good. Like let's be honest, the some of the guys that he has produced at Baylor and won and won Big Twelve titles with were not good quarterbacks. I think he can do great with Jeff Sims. Yeah, yeah. So at uh, six, I do have Kyle McCord because after after McNamara, you have all the questions like the transfers and the first-year starters. McCord has been in college for the last two seasons, uh, obviously has a great system, great connection to Marvin Harrison, has weapons out the absolute ass. So just because of that, like, He's got to be on my list. Obviously, when the season ends, he's not going to be at six. He's going to rise up this board. But He could be one. But as it sits 100%. right now, I have him at six. So who is your number seven? I have Cade seven for all the reasons we said here. So I'm curious to see who your seven is because it's somebody I have not included. Drew Aller. Okay. That- I'm just I'm just believing in the talent. Like Obviously, I'm a court ahead of him just because – the one more year of experience McCord has. And the reason I didn't put him on there and I did with McCord is his surroundings and the system here. Mm -hmm. So that like Drew Aller could end up being a superstar, but just from a breakdown from the off season, like McCord should be ahead of him. All right. So who is the team that you will be buying stock in? I'm buying stock in Iowa. But I think it's I think everybody oh, kind of wants oh, God. We ran through their schedule. I think there is a a scenario where they can win 10 games and represent the Big 10 West. You it, disgust that, me. The offense is going to be better. It you has sure? to, it has to be better. You sure? It has to be better. It has to be. And I don't care if the defense is going to be good. It always is good. And I think they have a chance to represent the West in the Big 10 title game. All right, for my team, just kind of buying them at what should be their lowest. 
and I'm buying stock in Purdue. Okay. I love the addition of Hudson Card. Like, obviously, like I said, there's he's only been in college for three years. There's the potential for more years after this. And, like, the air raid system that Graham Harrell is going to be bringing in fits him very well. And plus you have a coach that is a defensive-minded guy at a school that's always been more about offense. Like, I think he could potentially turn that defense around. And I just, I think I'm buying their stock at the lowest. So, yeah. It is Purdue, who is the team that you were selling stock in. If I we wonder this, if we're going to have the same one we're here. We're probably going to have the same But one. I did Michigan State. Oh, really? Yeah, just the stuff that's happening in the offseason with the guys leaving and just the overall roster not being super talented. And Mel Tucker, I just a little quick to give him Nick Saban money, and it's tough to buy stock in. I know he won 11 games two years ago, but – I, I, there's something about Michigan State football that it just is ugly to me. So they were my pick until what happened two days ago. I'm selling stock in Northwestern. I mean, I, it, real vanilla pick there, but very, okay. Very, very, very. But I mean, I just I I think this is just going to be a bad season. You're then going to have to go into the off season and find a coach. Now, granted, there's a lot of people that believe that. Northwestern could be kind of a desirable job just because you are in the Big Ten. There is that security. so Which is like the weirdest spot to be as like a coach that would be interested in that job because it is in the Big Ten, but you also have the hardest, like, there's no standards there, but to get, in 2023, to get players to, to win in college football, you need transfers, and in Northwestern is very, very hard. No, and the th- other part of it is like with the with being in the Big Ten. There's only two conferences that are like secure. Like we know, like nothing's gonna happen to these two conferences, and that is the SEC and the Big Ten. So there could be ACC coaches that are seeing the writing on the wall that they have all the advantages in the world being in the Big Ten, even though you're a lesser program, but the amount of revenue that you have to work with is a hell of a lot more than what you're getting from the ACC and their shitty deal. And I do think whatever coach decides to take that, it's going it to be a hell of a project. When to get, when talking to the AD and doing your interviews, I'm assuming the transfer thing is going to be a topic that's going to come up and maybe they can get some, like but the, the ball moving is, on that sound, a little bit. It sounds like Northwestern stuck in their ways that they're not going to do anything to like, limit the like eligibility for well then players. you're probably going to not get kind, a, as good of a stuck. coach yeah uh so who it it sucks to say that we already had the first coach fired but who is your second coach fired in the big 10 this season uh I'll let you go first because i have a couple different scenarios here oh i'm gonna punch you right yeah. in the face i know what you're gonna say but i'm picking tom allen easy pick yeah that's a that's an easy pick it was one of mine too mel tucker is another one for me Okay. You pay him way too much money. I don't know what his buyout is, and it could be something that absurd. That might be the problem. <laughs> and it might be a Jimbo situation. And then the last one, one that I don't think will get fired, but could leave for another job, and that'd be Brett Bielema. Like, if he has another good year at Illinois, just well, maybe. I was trying to go coach fired. But... I know, but this was something I wanted to, like, yeah, get yeah. off my chest here. Does an SEC school reach out and be like, hey, come coach here? 
Well, if we're doing that caveat, Jim Harbaugh to the NFL. That could Um, be one, too. All right. Who is your conference championship? Hey, I'm sorry, buddy, but I'm doing – I just based off everything, I have to do Michigan and Wisconsin. You fuck. Like, with what Michigan returns offensively and the unknown with the the new quarterback, who I think will be very good, and the game, the biggest game of the year, they'll both be undefeated, in my opinion, is at at Michigan – I have to give the nod to Michigan. But I think it's like, it's a 52% lean. The other one's to Ohio State. Terrible friend. Um, I have a good feeling of what you're going to pick here. It's Ohio State, Wisconsin. It, 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 it has to happen. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I bias the side. Day, Ryan Day will not let it happen this year. Ohio State is beating Michigan this year. They'll have in the last two years. Shut the fuck up. He will not let it happen. This lit a fire out under him. You saw it in the Georgia game. And plus, like, I, I know I am, like, I know I'm going to sound biased. Oh, but you there, are. But there is, and I know more about this team than any team in the nation. There is, there has been a change. You've seen the work in the portal. They really, like, Ohio State has the talent. To not have to go into the portal. But they saw that the schools that are at the top of the game, the Bamas, the Georgias, are doing that. So they made the move to start doing it. They've started bringing in people in the right spots. Analysts. Like, you know how we talk about Bama's the school for, uh, or like, turning over coaches. Mm-hmm. The, the, the coaching rehab school. I'm not saying Ohio State's to that level, but they're bringing in the analysts like the level of a Bama and a Georgia. There is a change going on at Ohio State. Not many people will know it unless you follow the program like I do. There is a change, and it's going to happen this year. Who is your Heisman finalist for the Big Ten? Just because I have... Two, so I don't want to take one of yours, but I'm going to say them anyway. It's going to be Blake Corum from Michigan, but the problem is Donovan Edwards is going to get a lot of carries too, so his stats but are going honestly, to be there. But honestly, if Corum doesn't get hurt before the Ohio State game and play and plays more like he could have, he would have been a Heisman finalist even with yeah. what Edwards did. That would be – but the problem was – caveat to that was he goes down and then Donovan Edwards kind of explodes yeah and looks really really good so I think they might split time Heisman finals I'm gonna go with Kyle McCord though like I know I just picked Michigan to go to the conference championship game but he's gonna put up numbers Mm -hmm. I have no doubt about that I could throw five yard outs to those Ohio State receivers behind that offensive line and put up numbers Mm -hmm. and he's a five-star kid he's gonna put the numbers up he's gonna have the best shot mine not going with the quarterback going with the wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. I think there is a very good chance that he could be a finalist, even if it is with McCord. But I think that he he made some of the most... The fact that he did not win the Bolitnikoff last season was an absolute tragedy, in my opinion. He was the best wide receiver last year. He will be the best wide receiver this year. He will be... Probably the second pick in the draft next season. It's just very, very hard for a wide receiver to get to that point. So there's two things. Devontae Smith just did it I know, a couple of years ago. But that's 
And I think that name the next name the other one. It was a long Charles long, Woodson. It was a long long time. No, does that <laughs> count? Um, he would need two things to go for him. He's got to put up insane numbers, obviously, to win the Heisman, which he, he probably will. He needs a marquee performance in a big game, and it's that Michigan game. He's gonna have to just show. But out. I think also just with the highlight plays that he's able to make, that's gonna be enough. And also for the wide no, but also to be the wide receiver to do it, you're also probably gonna have to go twelve and zero or thirteen and zero and go to the playoff. Which is you act like I don't think that. Which is in the realm of possibility too. It's just it's very um, very hard I to hate, do that. This is the one thing that I hate about the podcast is when I get biased like this, and then it's what also doesn't help. Not to interrupt you, that I like literally just dem- I hate Ohio State football. So you're a cocksucker. Yes, I just I live in Ohio and I'm not an Ohio State fan. It's it's a lot. All right, final question, buddy. Who is your newcomer of the year? I think this one's fairly easy. I'm going Cade McNamara. That's bullshit. So because I'm an the, Iowa guy, he's he's not a newcomer. He's from the fucking Big Ten. I don't care. That's who I chose. <laughs> he is technically a newcomer because he's on a new team. Such a fucking dude. That's my guy. All right, mine, it's kind of easy. I had him as the third best quarterback in the Big Ten without ever playing in the Big Ten. Tanner Mordecai. I think he's going to be the reason why at the end of the the regular season, Wisconsin's going to be in the Big Ten championship. Maybe. Let's see what Kay McNamara has to say about that. Most of the Iowa defense, but you want to do a bet on this? Right no, now? no, 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 <laughs> not going that far. But the main reason it does, I, it does suck because you do like Wisconsin. All yes, the main reason I chose Cade was because I knew this was going to be a Tanner. You were going to pick Tanner Morkai, and I don't. I, wanna, I almost I want to get. I almost took love. Hudson. It's not a bad one either, too, because I know you're a big Purdue guy. So, well, I could have also taken any of the Ohio State transfers. Just more bias. Davison Ignosa, <laughs> coming from Mr. Holiday. Well, basically wraps up the Big Ten here. Next week, Connor, Big 12, right? Yes. And we have with four new additions to the conference, too. So, yeah. I didn't think about that. Five, four of the five conferences we are covering are 14. Mm-hmm. You better get to learn to love me because you're going to spend a lot of time with me. I hate you. That's <laughs> the problem. All right, guys. We guys we'll see you next week. Peace!